Welcome to the Red Light Report, your number one source for all things red light therapy, where you will learn how to optimize your health, wellness, and longevity with the power of photobiomodulation. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Belkowski. Welcome back, everybody. Here we are after a week break from the Red Light Report. And I hope you use that week wisely, spending some time with friends and family during Thanksgiving, possibly doing some uh, early Christmas shopping for uh, friends and family with Black Friday sales and then Cyber Monday sales. So I hope you guys capitalized on that with whatever you guys were looking for. And uh, we resume here late November, kind of staring Christmas in the eyes here, or I guess the holiday season, depending on what you celebrate. But regardless... We're, we're knocking on the door of the last month of the year here in 2022. I don't know if it's been a quick one or, or a long one for you, but I think for a lot of people, especially here in the US, it's been kind of a longer year with everything that's gone on and of course around the world as well, not just in the US. So regardless, hope you guys have had a good year. Hope you've had a positive year. No matter what, we get to flip the calendar, turn a new leaf and start anew in 2023. But once this is released, I'm looking at my calendar now, Uh, this is going to be released on the first day of December. So here we are. Welcome to December, as I'm recording this a handful of days before December. But regardless, as you can tell by my soothing, nasally voice, I'm a little under the weather. So here it is. And I was hoping to release the presentation in Rome, Italy that I did on November 19th. So they're still editing the audio and the video. But once I have my hands on that, I will be uploading it, uh, the video on YouTube, and of course, the audio here for a episode on the Red Light Report. So stand by for that presentation. It went pretty well. It It was kind of interesting because, of course, being in Rome, Italy, the vast majority of people speak Italian, believe it or not. While I say that, all of the restaurants I went to, all of the people I intertwined with in Italy, I would say 99% of them, maybe 95 to 99% spoke English. And not even just broken English, but pretty darn good English. So I was blown away. And this includes when I was up in Tuscany as well, not just Rome, where it's a little more touristy, but I was up in Tuscany for a handful of days. And up there as well, people spoke English pretty darn well. So I didn't have to pull out my my Google Translate or, or use hand signals and, you know, sign language or, you know, kind of just stare at each other as no one knows what one another is saying. Never ran into that. Everyone spoke English well, and I was able to <laughs> converse and understand the entire trip. But my point being, for my presentation, the vast majority of people only spoke Italian or very little English, I would guess. And so they had a headset in, and there was a booth of two translators that would listen to what I was saying during my presentation, and then they would translate it into their microphone, which would go into the headset of the audience. So I'd be speaking, and then they'd translate into the headset, and I'd be speaking, and they'd be translating into the headset. So if you were Italian listening to the headset, of course, all the information you were listening to was probably a three to five, three to six second delay. So a couple of the jokes or, you know, with my dry sense of humor, a couple of the jokes I dropped 
it was tough to get a read on the room because by the time they were listening to it, I was probably on to my next thought or whatever. But regardless, it, it was a good presentation. It was fun. Got a lot of good feedback from the audience and from people that were running the the symposium. So if you are listening to this podcast, because I know a lot of the people in Italy that I was communicating with, they do listen to this podcast. I just want to say again, thank you for setting me up with that speaking opportunity and being able to present to uh, your audience over there in Italy, in Rome. It was an honor and I, uh, I hope I get to do it again next year and maybe further expand upon what we talked about this year on red light therapy, maybe get into a little more applicable how-tos next year and maybe dig a little into the the newest research because I'm sure between now and then we're going to have a lot of new, innovative, revolutionary research that comes out that continues to push the envelope for red light therapy. So again, for all those that I've been communicating with the past year to get me there to present in Rome, I just want to say thank you or grazie, as they say. But let's move along to this episode. So here we are talking some more research. And this first article we're going to discuss here has to do with melanoma. Of course, one of the most popular types of cancer. So this one seems pretty prevalent. And it also had some really good information. And of course, it's relatively hot off the press with it being published in June 24th of this year in 2022. It's entitled, Red light phototherapy using light-emitting diodes, so LEDs, inhibits melanoma proliferation and alters tumor microenvironments. And I guess, let me backpedal because I, I knew there was something else I wanted to mention there with my nasally voice as it's difficult to listen to myself right now. So I had a great presentation in Rome, went well, amazing food, amazing people, can't wait to go back. My wife and I went together and kind of turned it into a, a vacation backslash business trip. But so we just loved it there. Can't wait to go back. It's essentially 24, depends on what flights you get, 24, 28 straight hours of traveling. And that's a combination of time on the airplane and in the airports, as you can imagine. The whole trip, getting there, kind of getting over the jet lag when you get to Italy and then intertwining with the people there and, and, and traveling from Tuscany or from Rome up to Tuscany, then Tuscany down to Rome, and then traveling back for another 24 to 28 hours. I can't remember exactly what it was, but traveling back, man, that just, I could feel it in my body and just in my mind, just the stress of all that sitting and being in line. And I just have a great disdain for airports and being in airplanes. I love traveling, but I, I really don't like that. So anyway, got back to Montana. In the first day, day and a half, I was fine. You know, I got got back to my roots, got back to my routine, hopped back and, and, and doing a lot of hands-on stuff with the business. And then the day before Thanksgiving, which would be the day after my first day back, if that's not confusing, I could feel that little thing in the back of my throat, you know, how you feel like you're about to get sick. And it's like, well, here we go. I didn't know how bad it was going to be, but it's like I knew energetically and I was just kind of feeling drained. And then on on Thanksgiving, I felt like I just got hit in the back by a semi, you know, where all your muscles and your entire body is just achy. And energetically, you're just depleted. So that's how I felt on Thanksgiving. Then the next day, the aches kind of alleviated and I got a pretty sore throat. So I kind of switched, I guess, sensations, if you will. 
So that was Black Friday where, where I started to get that uh, sore throat. And then the next day on Saturday, my sore throat hurt so bad, it hurt to swallow every single time. And it got to the point where my wife had some of these organic Manuka honey drops to kind of soothe the throat. And those were the lifesaver for me at that point because I couldn't swallow. I couldn't drink water. I couldn't swallow my own saliva without being in pretty excruciating pain, let alone every time I had to clear my throat or, or cough or sneeze. So those were the lifesaver, those organic Manuka honey throat lozenges. Lived on those for a day because you couldn't taste food at that point. I'm kind of going off into a diatribe here, but um, I'll tell you what I did on a consistent basis is once I knew I was sick, every time I got into bed at night, I put the matrix on my mattress And then, of course, the cover's on top uh, with myself in between. So I'm on top of the matrix, cover's on top of me, which entraps especially that near-infrared light for warmth. And so I would lay on on that matrix, on, on my back, I should say, for about 15 to 20 minutes. And keep in mind, the light irradiance is quite low. It's a fraction of what they are for panels. So that 15 to 20 minutes is probably comparable to three to five minutes of a panel on one side. And then I would get off the mat or, or kind of slip the mat out from underneath me and then place the matrix on top of me like a blanket so it's directly in contact with my skin. And then I'd do that for another 15 to 20 minutes. And I'd do that right before I go to bed just to kind of give my, my mitochondria and my cells that red and near infrared light to kind of boost my immune system, set my body up for some sleep. I hopefully helping improve some melatonin production because I was getting wretched sleep, both when I had the the body ache pains and then, of course, the sore throat. And that's another thing I did was I used the Guardian Plus and I targeted the back of my throat when I was having that intense, excruciating pain where I couldn't even swallow. So I did that a couple of times, two separate days where I irradiated my throat. You can do that with a panel just by opening your mouth and targeting the back of your throat by your tonsils. And I'll tell you what, I don't know if it's coincidental or not, but the intense pain in my throat was getting worse or at least plateauing for a day or two straight. And it was when I decided to use the Guardian or Guardian Plus in irradiating that throat that it started to severely plateau and then regress to where the subsequent day or the subsequent 24 to 36 hours my throat pain precipitously decreased to the point where it's completely gone today, which is Monday. So over the course of, again, 24, 36 hours after doing that guardian to my throat, that intense, where the back of your throat just feels raw, it's in so much pain, it's completely gone now. So there's a couple of ways with those two examples that I use red light therapy, A, to boost my immune system by doing some full body red light therapy, whether you have a panel or you're one of the first people to get the matrix. I love the matrix because I was just in bed and I was with the type of sickness I had, I was just having the chills. So that warmth I got from the matrix being under the covers and then using it as a blanket just felt like magic uh, while I was sick. And then again, you can even target if you have a shine or a panel, you can just target certain parts of the lymphatic system or of your immune system to upregulate or boost your immune system. Another place you could do, and I did this the very first night I started to feel sick, I put the shine, and I did it last night actually, I put the shine right over my sternum because that's where the thymus gland is, which is one of the main organs for the immune system. So I I share that just not to 
dispel and disclose why I sound the way I do today, but also just to give you some examples of me going through some sickness and, and what I did to stave it off. I didn't take any other pharmaceutical or like ibuprofen or any of that stuff. Of course, I have my supplements I like to stick to. For those that are familiar with Gaia Herbs, which is considered a higher quality adjuvant or supplement line, I like to use their mushroom immune blend, which includes things like uh, reishi and cordyceps and, and turkey tail, lion's mane, and then astralagus. These are different supplements, but astralagus, rhodiola, ashwagandha, astaxanthin, curcumin, maca berry for antioxidant, spermidine, and physotin. Those are the big ones. And then some liposomal vitamin C, Deserticola, which is one from Sandra Kaufman that's huge for boosting the immune system. Oregano oil, some organic oregano oil. I get that from Keon, which is Ben Greenfield's company. So I stick about uh, a dropper full of that in my mouth twice a day. So there's all these different really herbs that I took to also help with my immune system. That's kind of the laundry list of them. And then some bouillon in some hot water. So, so basically some nice chicken broth which felt really good on my throat during the last part of my sickness there. So yeah, I didn't really plan on divulging all of that information. It kind of just came about as I was trying to explain why I sound like uh, a nasally version of myself. I feel great. Probably don't sound great to you right now, but just to give you some inside information on what I do when I'm sick, and especially via red light therapy, again, over the thymus, I specifically target my throat because of I had that irritation in my throat, but I really think you could just target your oral cavity to optimize the oral microbiome because that has obviously a systemic impact on your health. Um, I did target my gut last night and the first night I got sick as well. And then the the three nights in between then, I kind of did a matrix sandwich where I did about 15 to 20 minutes on the back, 15 to 20 minutes on the front. If you have a full body panel, then you could do about five minutes on the front, five minutes on the back to get that full light, red light therapy. Just as a reminder, those time differences are so different because of the different light irradiances with the matrix versus the panels. And that way you get similar dosages. But regardless, let's move on here to our first piece of research. And again, this is about skin cancer. And I'll I'll just repeat the title one more time since I kind of went on another diatribe there. Again, from June 24th of this year, red light phototherapy using light-emitting diodes inhibits melanoma proliferation and alters tumor microenvironments. All right, guys, as I promised, I am going to be offering you guys an exclusive 15% discount for the pre-sale order of The Matrix. Uh, Like I spoke about earlier, this is a groundbreaking, innovative, patent-pending piece of technology from BioLite. It is literally a full-body red light therapy mat. You heard that right, a mat. It's a quarter of an inch thick. You can roll it up like a yoga mat. It has over 2,100 LEDs, and like all light products, you have the option of choosing red and near-infrared light combo, red light only, or near-infrared light only. 
the dimensions are 69 inches by 34 inches. So you can either lay on it full body, cover it on top of your body like a blanket, roll up a section of your body, let's say your abdomen or one of your legs or one of your arms or a third or half of your body at once, roll yourself up like a bean burrito and literally give yourself a 360 degree red light therapy treatment. And more or less, you can think of this mat, the matrix, as the next phase of red light therapy. Because right now, everyone has panels and there's a time and place for that. But I think now is the time for innovation and moving the needle forward on red light therapy technology. This red light therapy mat, the matrix, roll it up, you can sit on it, you can stand on it, you can lay on it, you can roll yourself up. It's extremely versatile. It's easy to take on the go so you're not just bound to hanging it up on a door or a wall. It's very easy to take on the go, put it in the corner of your room so it takes up minimal room in your house. The options are endless. Really, you guys, my loyal podcast audience, I'm going to offer you guys a 15% discount through pre-sale, which will be through the majority of October. So for the next three or four weeks from the recording of this podcast, you can get 15%. And the discount code is simply podcast. So go to biolight.shop, check out the matrix. If you want this exclusive 15% discount, simply use coupon code podcast at checkout to receive that discount. And I know you guys are going to absolutely love this game-changing product, the matrix. So the introduction here, just to give us some background on melanoma and the potential for red light therapy, they go on to say that while overall yearly cancer rates have decreased due to improved identification and prevention, the incidence of melanoma is increasing. For primary melanomas, which is stage one and stage two, surgery is usually recommended within margins up to two centimeters. Treatments for metastatic melanoma include immune modulators, kinase inhibitors, and radiation therapy. Immune checkpoint inhibitors and kinase inhibitors may improve overall survival in up to 50% of patients. Despite improvements in outcomes, patients may have or develop resistance to kinase and immune checkpoint inhibitors. To improve efficacy, immune checkpoint inhibitors have been used in combination with radiation therapy via abscopal effects. So red light phototherapy may also be a beneficial adjunct of melanoma therapy by inhibiting tumor growth and augmenting anti-tumor immune activity. Red light may non-thermally alter cellular biology via a process termed photobiomodulation. Red light absorption by cytochrome C oxidase, a photoreceptive chromophore, excites electrons, activates the electron transport chain, and generates second messengers such as reactive oxygen species. Cancers, including melanoma, have dysregulated reactive oxygen species homeostasis and may be particularly sensitive to oxidative stress. Increasing intracellular reactive oxygen species in cancer cells may lead to cell death or inhibition of growth and metastasis. Herein, we assess the efficacy of red light phototherapy as a treatment for melanoma using translational models. In vitro, red light decreased melanoma cell proliferation and increased apoptosis, oxidative stress, and P53 phosphorylation. In mouse models, red light decreased melanoma tumor growth and increased the association of immune markers related to beneficial tumor immune microenvironments. Moving along to the discussion portion of the article, 
the authors go on to say that red light represents a potentially promising approach for melanoma therapy as red light is inexpensive, non-invasive, easily combined with existing melanoma pharmacologic treatments and associated with low morbidity and no known mortality. Additionally, red light can be made available for home use to augment existing melanoma therapies under the guidance of a physician. Clinical studies have demonstrated that patients can safely use LED devices at home. Clinical translation for melanoma therapy could quickly follow safety and efficacy demonstration in phase 1 to 3 clinical trials. We anticipate that soon it may be possible for patients to use home red light phototherapy to augment therapy for cutaneous melanoma metastasis, empowering patients to participate in their cancer treatment. So a lot of things we've already heard before, and as you guys well know at this point, the results are going to sound similar, but the impact should always be as poignant as before because we're talking about a completely different pathology or disease here. We're talking about skin cancer, which I don't know if we've ever really touched on an article on this podcast about that, yet the results are still as exciting and as powerful. And and really in the, in the discussion portion here, it's pretty exciting because they're not explicitly saying that there's a burden of proof or there's a, without a shadow of a doubt, people need to be using this at home right now. They're basically saying, the results are showing a promising approach for melanoma therapy. And as long as the efficacy is demonstrated in these other phases of clinical trials, soon there's a great likelihood that patients are going to be able to participate in their own treatment with at-home LED red light therapy, which is, as they put, and that's the perfect word, it's so empowering to put the, the plan of care or the treatment in the patient's hands versus the colloquial having to go to the hospital or having to go to the physician to get the treatment. Now you get to do a treatment that's helping yourself in the comfort of your own home. And it's as effective as other treatments or in combination with other treatments to give that synergistic efficacious result. So very cool. And like I said, and as we all know, skin cancer and melanoma being uh, one of the more common types of cancers that people are dealing with to have a cancer that's so prevalent, having the capability to be treated by red light therapy so effectively is extremely exciting and makes total sense because we know what red light therapy does between reducing inflammation or modulating inflammation, improving circulation, optimizing mitochondrial health and efficiency or effectiveness. And as we all know, especially for me, as I explained with my sickness, one of the things you need when healing, whether it's an infection or, or a sickness like I'm dealing with, or a cancer like we're talking about in this article, the one thing you need when you're sick is energy, because healing is very energy intensive. And that's why you feel so lethargic, and you have malaise, your emotion, your, your, it's just lower, because it takes so much energy physiologically to heal. And that's why red light therapy really can work across the board for healing so many aches and pains and diseases and presumably, as, as we're seeing here, cancers. Because if you can give your body the energy it needs to combat and fight and defend and take down pathogens to heal your body, well, getting it from red and near-infrared light is about as good as it gets from a, 
safety and non-invasive and and really cost-effective standpoint. So a very exciting article, again, came out less than six months ago, but again, showing another way that red light therapy can be used for cancer treatment potentially. And then moving along to our second article, second and last article for today's episode, almost on the complete opposite end of the spectrum from from talking about cancer, uh, we're going to talk about some CrossFit recovery tactics. So this is another hot off the press article from July 19th of this year entitled Photobiomodulation Therapy Combined with a Static Magnetic Field Applied in Different Moments Enhances Performance and Accelerates Muscle Recovery in CrossFit Athletes, a Randomized Triple-Blind Placebo-Controlled Crossover Trial. So, needless to say, we're looking at red light therapy, its ability to help with enhancing performance and muscle recovery, and they're looking at timing. Is it better before? Is it better afterwards? Or is it better to use it before and after? And I think you've heard about me uh, speaking on this quite a few times about preconditioning the body for athletic performance. And if you have the ebook, you'll see that as well, that at least up until recently, it was mostly thought that doing just before exercise was superior because that way you were able to take care of both the primary damage and the secondary damage of exercise. The primary damage is that mechanical stress where you're tearing up the muscle and the secondary stress is the inflammatory cascade or the inflammatory soup, so to speak. And if you were to do red light therapy only after your exercise, well, you'll only take care of the secondary damage, but you won't help with primary. So I was kind of interested to see what this article had to say, especially with CrossFit athletes. My wife recently started doing CrossFit this year and she's really enjoyed it, especially with her coworkers. And there's always been a stigma, especially from a physical therapist standpoint, that uh, you're kind of herking and jerking your body around and there's no mechanics and all that. But apparently the coaches there are well and, and make sure you lift correctly and your mechanics are good and all that. And ironically, my wife and her coworkers are all physical therapists and, and they love CrossFit. So regardless, this article, they broke it up into four different intervention groups. The first group was just the placebo group where they, in a nutshell, they would do a WAD, which is an acronym for workout of the day or a WAD. And so participants would have treatments applied five minutes before the WAD and then five minutes after the WAD. And they were randomly assigned to one of four groups. In the first group, they would receive a placebo treatment before and a placebo treatment after the WAD. The second group, they would receive an active photobiomodulation therapy before the WAD and a placebo after. So they only got a red light therapy session before. The third group got a placebo before the WAD, but red light therapy after. And then the fourth group got red light therapy before and after. So you can see how how that was. Placebo Again, I'll just do that quickly. First group, placebo before and after. Second group, red light therapy only first. Third group, red light therapy only after. And then fourth group, red light therapy before and after. So with a red light therapy, it was applied with a device in direct contact with the participant's skin and a light pressure at four sites in the knee extensor 
and hip flexor muscles, so the quads on the front of your thigh. It was applied to three sites of knee flexor and hip extensor muscles, so the hamstring and glutes, or the glute muscles, the butt muscles, and then one site of the plantar flexor muscles, which would be the gastroc muscles or the calf muscles. So red light therapy was applied to the quads, hamstrings and glutes, and then the calf muscles. And again, some were placebo and some were active treatments. The application was with a red light therapy device that had 20 diodes. Four of the diodes had near infrared of 905 nanometers, would allow for a deeper penetration compared to most red light therapy devices, which have that 850 nanometers. And this device had eight diodes of the 850 and eight diodes of the 633 for red, that visible red light. And I'm kind of curious why they would use red light when looking at athletic performance, because we know that red light only treats the skin. But regardless, they did use mostly near infrared here with a little bit of red. But regardless, so so there's the outline. And then we'll get into the discussion here, which goes a little deeper into the science, and we'll get into the results here. So they go on to say that in recent studies, photobiomodulation alone have been shown to decrease the levels of biomarkers such as creatine kinase, which measures muscle breakdown, and interleukin-6 or IL-6, which is an inflammatory marker, uh, which are related to muscle damage and inflammatory processes, as well as attenuate the oxidative stress induced by exercise. Furthermore, there is robust evidence that red light therapy alone acts as an ergogenic agent accelerating post-exercise recovery and enhancing physical performance. These positive effects were observed in different modalities of exercise and protocols, such as repeated isometric and eccentric contractions, aerobic and strength training, and even field tests. Our results corroborate this previous evidence since we observed that photobiomodulation enhanced the performance of functional tests and modulated muscle damage and inflammation after WAD. Therefore, our results suggest that photobiomodulation has effects similar to those previously observed in exercise modalities that combine strength, aerobic endurance, and muscular resistance such as CrossFit. And although evidence on the effects of photobiomodulation on oxidative stress is still divergent and scarce, our results corroborate the findings, suggesting that photobiomodulation has a potential antioxidant effect in athletes, which may be the key mechanism of action. The moment photobiomodulation is applied, before and or after exercise, is crucial for better results. It is recommended that for a single application, photobiomodulation must be applied between 5 minutes and 6 hours before exercise. In addition, photobiomodulation should be applied immediately before each exercise session to gain strength. Finally, the recommendation for endurance training is that photobiomodulation irradiation must be performed immediately before and after each exercise session. To date, the best time to apply photobiomodulation in exercise modalities with characteristics similar to those of CrossFit is unknown. 
in our study, we observed that photobiomodulation applied before or after WAD enhanced functional capacity and decreased inflammatory muscle damage and oxidative stress biomarkers in CrossFit athletes. Unlike the results associated with other exercise protocols, our results suggest that photobiomodulation may be applied before or after WAD in CrossFit athletes according to athletes' or therapists' preferences. Furthermore, the mixed outcomes observed when photobiomodulation was applied before and after the WAD may be related to an overdose and not necessarily due to the intervention at these two moments. And that's a good point that they made there at the end of the discussion. The fact that there was mixed results when red light therapy was applied before and after may be due to the overdose or that biphasic dose response that doing it before and after wasn't necessarily the bad thing. It was just that the combination of doing them both led to a an overdosage, meaning you inhibit the benefits you're looking for. So potentially, and I don't know if the authors mentioned this in the article, maybe the next phase to this article would be to decrease the dosage, do it before and after, and see if that's superior to a similar dosage just before or a similar dosage just after. Of course, like I mentioned before the article, I think we already know that if we had to choose just before or just after, we know that before or preconditioning is superior, but it would be interesting to see if we did, again, that that larger preconditioned treatment or if we broke that in half and did half before and half after what results we would get then. Because again, to their point, doing before and after, getting those mixed results may just be due to overdosage. But moving along to the conclusion of this article, they go on to say that photobiomodulation enhanced the performance of functional tests when applied before or after WAD, but not when applied before and after WAD. Furthermore, photobiomodulation decreased the levels of biochemical markers of muscle damage, particularly when applied before and after WAD. In contrast, photobiomodulation modulated the biochemical markers of inflammation regardless of the time of application. Photobiomodulation decreased oxidative stress and increased antioxidant activity in CrossFit athletes when applied before or after WAD. Therefore, in mixed activities such as CrossFit, it seems more effective to apply photobiomodulation before or after exercise. You know, that summary, a lot of good stuff happens when doing red light therapy before or after WAD relative to CrossFit. And as we just discussed a little bit ago, potentially cutting back on the dosages and doing before and after, who knows, that could be superior. But as far as looking for the best bang for your buck, according to this article, according to their dosages and the device that they used, you want to do it before or after. And it's also the timing or the time frame they give you is pretty wide and almost unbelievably so. They suggested red light therapy must be applied between five minutes and six hours before exercise. So that means if you're going to work out noon, you could do your red light therapy at six in the morning, and apparently it's going to improve your exercise performance and endurance and strength and all that stuff up to six hours before. I've always been of the mindset that if you can do it around 30 minutes before exercise, anywhere from five to 30 minutes, I should say, 
that would be superior. But they're saying, according to their research and their review of the research, five minutes to six hours before is adequate. So just keep that in mind that you can do it whatever's most convenient for you. According to this research, if you're a CrossFitter, doing it before or after. And they did a combination, again, of red and near-infrared. It was mostly near-infrared. And they targeted those muscles that are notoriously worked out during CrossFit, which is the quads, the hamstrings and glutes, and the calf muscles. So just keep that in mind. But regardless, two pretty phenomenal articles we covered today, both from the past six months, one covering melanoma and and a different type of cancer showing that red light therapy has a place to be used there, hopefully for at-home treatments here in the not-too-distant future. And then for those athletes, especially CrossFit athletes, utilizing red light therapy to augment your strength, your endurance, and your recovery. And of course, if you're a CrossFit athlete, that's paramount as hard and as frequent as you guys exercise. My gosh, the more you can recover, the better, so that your body's more able to withstand the next wad, so to speak. But again, hope you guys found that information insightful and illuminating, pun intended. I hope my nasally voice wasn't too much today, but hopefully a week from now, I'll be all clear and we'll be good to go moving forward. And as always, guys, I appreciate you tuning in and listening and bearing with me. Hope you find this information applicable, useful, if nothing else. It provides more well-rounded education and information for you guys as red light therapy advocates and users. And as always, if you found this information beneficial and if you haven't already, I would be very grateful if you guys would leave a quick five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It would be great if you'd leave a uh, written testimony on Apple, but if not, even just pressing that five-star on Apple or, or Spotify would be amazing that way. The podcast can be ranked higher. More people can get exposed to this amazing information on red light therapy so that their lives can be further impact like yours has uh, by the power and the healing power of red light therapy. But without further ado, guys, enjoy the rest of your week. Here we are, the beginning of December. We're coming towards the holiday season and turning the calendar. But I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week. Take care. Be well. As always, Light up your health. Thank you for listening to the Red Light Report. If you like what you heard today, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes and other podcast platforms to help spread the word so other people can learn about the many health, wellness, and longevity benefits of red light therapy. If you're looking for more educational content, check out our Instagram page at biolight.shop and our YouTube channel, Biolight. I'm Dr. Mike Belkowski, and I'll see you on the next episode.